everyone. Welcome back to the Late Late Capitalism Show. As always, it's me, Jesse, kicking things off. Before we begin, another classic staple of the show, content warning. We're going to swear, we're going to talk about... Honestly, I don't really know what we're talking about today, other than what I'm going to tell you in just a moment that is once again earth-shattering news. But mm-hmm. before we get to that, let me throw it over to my boy Chance. Yo, what up? It's your boy Chance. Uh, and with me is... Megan. And with me... It's Dean, folks. Hi, hello. Woo. And Dean and Megan, you two are together currently, but someone who is not together currently is Bill and Melinda Gates. Oh my god. Breaking news. Continuing the trend of bad developments for people with the last name Gates, uh, Bill and Melinda (laughs) are Splitsville. Uh, This was announced like two and a half hours ago. Uh, I was actually texted this information by someone very close, very near and dear to my heart, and we both said fuck at the same time, and we're just inconsolable. (laughs) Mm. Uh, I didn't know you were so invested in their relationship, not gonna lie. Look, the death of this romance proves that love does not exist. Uh, I'm sorry to my friend uh, Kate, who is listening, who will be getting married soon. Uh, Marriage is a sham. Bill and Melinda Gates have split up, and it's all my fault. Uh, I'm just, I'm really curious as to who gets the foundation. I'm curious as to who gets the foreskin collection. You beat me by, that was my follow-up bit, was the foreskin collection. Yeah. (laughs) They actually, uh, they do like a, like a blood alcohol test, except it's like vaccine alcohol, or vaccine, blood vaccine breathalyzer test. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and um, whoever has the highest count wins. Yeah, but oh. does that mean I, I, they get to keep the foreskins? Because they don't really need it if they have the vaccine. Because that's I think what it's the gonna vaccine be, is made of. Well, the foreskins are just a, a snack. Like, it's like a midnight snack. Oh. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Put them on your finger or, like, bugles. I think for the foundation, it's going to be sort of like a joint custody thing where, like, you know, every other weekend, like, Bill gets to go, like, take pictures with, like, AIDS-riddled uh, African children. Right. And then Melinda gets to go. And this helps them, uh, the African children, in some way that we all understand. That's right. I wonder it's- if... Uh, Bill Gates, Bill Gates keeps his uh, Goodreads going, and I wonder if he's going to read things like Chicken Soup for the Heartbroken Soul. <laughs> like Aww. Neil Gaiman? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys remember the Neil Gaiman-Amanda Palmer split? That was also a great day. Yeah, that was, Goodreads yeah. thing was faked, though. Sad. No, no, I choose to believe that it was true. Didn't Neil, she did something Neil, fucked up that was actually true, though? Isn't, isn't Neil Gaiman just a douchebag anyways? Is well, he's British. His whole shtick is like, I only write in my gazebo while staring off in my beautiful f- garden. Yeah, he's he's sort of a, uh, you know, he's, he's one like, of those. He's like a we fancy don't... lad. He is. He He's a fop, <laughs> for sure. Uh, I actually yeah. kind of respect fops because that is yeah. a, a dying breed. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I have a strange admiration for the, the British fop. Exactly, like the fact that like he will not be seen anywhere, not wearing like a black trench coat. I like I respect that hustle of like, oh, I'm just committing to being a weird guy. You know? He's got a Morrissey energy because yeah, uh, in my mind, no. Morrissey, I only ever see him in that video where he's driving around on the tractor wearing a black trench coat. Yeah, and no, and uh, we'll like just for the record, Neil Gaiman has the exact same politics as Morrissey. That I want to make that clear. Does he have the same voice? Because now we'd, we'd really be dealing with a double threat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but Bill and Melinda Gates, uh, I'm inconsolable. I am just heartbroken over the foreskin nerd. What is especially interesting to me is the fact that, you know, he said in 2000 he's completely committed all of his wealth to uh, charity, all of his income. And he still somehow made more money after that fact. So, I don't yeah. know, man. Something, yeah, a, a, like something like $10 billion more since that day. Has anybody ever looked into that? Do we know why it, that's happening? Isn't that in general, just how rich people make money? Like, they, they say they're giving it to charity, so they get crazy tax breaks, and then they make money that way on the interest of their money? Yes, but they don't usually say, oh, I'm foregoing all future wealth. It's like, oh, I'll donate a portion of it to charity. So that way, Trump when you, did. When you, well, yes. <laughs> that's right. But he also fixed the country, and we will not be bad-mouthing him. 
Uh, I'm really interested. Did like, I haven't read anything about this. Is there any reason for their separating foreskin? Yeah, no, it was literally a dispute. They needed to, you know, move separate ways to do the ends of their lives. Like, it was something. About how how old are for, these like, motherfuckers? Years, but they've just. But that's the thing. Like, you're a. You're married for thirty years, and b. You're both like, uh, completely psychotic, wealth hungry billionaires. I'm sure they like they, they, they like, they're not capable of not feeling <laughs> love. Yeah, like exactly. Like there's there's no like I can't imagine a thing that would come between them. You know, I think, it, I think what it is is that they're they've split up so they can more efficiently uh, conduct the natural resource extraction from Africa. They're going to further colonize Africa. They're going to start like north to south, and they split up to really, really up the efficiency. Quota. Yeah, sort of a pincher movement. That's right. Yeah, they they also wanted to like you know kind of spearhead the agenda 21 um <laughs> now that covid vaccines have come out they kind of have to right. reevaluate their stance they're then and, going to be uh, doing jade helm it's yeah agenda 21 for the rest of the world and then jade helm in the united states it's gonna, yeah. it's like, gonna rock agenda for, 22 for me when you say like oh bill and melinda gates have like divorced that's like saying like oh these two tapeworms in my body divorced like that's just like they're not capable of that sort of emotional connection they billionaires are people too Mackenzie and jeff bezos do it and they were like that could be oh, the new hotness everyone talk about that <laughs> we're single and ready to mingle and who are they gonna yeah that's next, true despite both being uh, like 70 jesse have bill you figured gates out a way to catch some uh, bill gates dick or uh so i haven't so much been focusing on that there's two things i want to say before i throw things over to megan who will get the episode started proper uh, first is that the split up of Bill and Melinda Gates to me is as devastating as, for instance, if Mr. and Mrs. Claus in Christmas Chronicles, if they split up. Oh, my God. I know. Right. And they kind of have a similar relationship where they definitely have some kind of like fucked up adopted child who hates them. <laughs> And the yeah, second I'm, thing is, I think it's interesting that in the last couple weeks, we now have two new, freshly single bachelorettes on the scene. The first being Queen Elizabeth, and the second mm. now being mm. Melinda Gates. I think we're going to see like a Grace and Frankie scenario, where the two of them are going to get together and <laughs> smash, smash they pussies into each other. I would, They're going to uh, be the new Lavender Menace. <laughs> I'm hoping uh, for yes. more of a Thelma and Louise sort of arrangement. but Especially the ending, yeah. That'd yeah. be sick. <laughs> I'm looking for like a Harold and Maud type deal. I'm looking for a Harold and Kumar type deal. <laughs> Instead of White Castle, they just go to the what is it, Westminster? Castle oh no, it's still definitely a White Castle. Yeah, that's true. I'd rather see them go to Guantanamo personally. But. <laughs> there you go. Uh, they can Hang join Hillary Clinton. That's right. <laughs> and on that note, Megan, what what we doing today? Okay, so a grab bag of fun. I, again, went through the CBC and picked out all my faves, so I have a very good Freak of the Week, if anyone would like to start with that. Are you ready? I would love to start with a Freak of the Week. I love Freaks. It's been a while since we had a Freak. I know. That's true. Um, So the article is titled, There's the Rub, by Jeff Leo in the CBC. Okay, so we're off to a great start. I know, right? So it's about Regina businessman Trevor Wauk. I don't know how you wow. pronounce that. It's just the word wow and the K on the end. So wow. who knows? Wow, okay. Um, he <laughs> he uh, ran as part of the People's Party in 2019 or 2018 or something like that. And he campaigned on traditional values. He's really anti-abortion. He was given a perfect score by this like anti-abortion group. He's a dirtbag. And now it's come out that he, in fact, controls many uh, prostitution parlors in the city of Regina, Saskatchewan. But the <laughs> He's story a pimp? of how he did this is just so funny. It the People's me. Pimp Party. Yeah, right? So <laughs> That sounds sick. He doesn't attach his name really to any of these massage parlors. He originally was like running this business, um, just like a tech comm business. And then it came out that he had never paid any income taxes on this business and never paid his taxes oh. at all. That's how um, they got Capone, baby. I know. So he moved on to, to start 
body rub establishments. Um, (laughs) And he runs one out of his home. Um, He runs 11 others in just Regina. And he's claimed that he runs like literally dozens all over Canada in all these different cities of like massage parlors that also offer sexual services. Right. Um, And he claims that anytime people do investigations into it, or even like the other political people in his party, they like removed him from the people's party because they were like, this guy is too much. He's like, I just don't want like the stigma. It's a good, solid business. Like, don't come at me. This is a valid form of work, which like, (laughs) okay, sure. Yeah, no, it's just it's, how does he how does he square that with his anti-abortion principle? I don't know. The way he gets involved is that he's this random middle-aged white man from Saskatchewan, but he speaks fluent Mandarin. Um, I guess Uh-oh. he just wanted uh-huh. to what? learn. No, at no, one no. Point. What? That's bad. I don't. That like doesn't. That. Yeah, I don't like that at all. He, he basically does like the accounting and all of the like business setup to get these like different massage parlors registered and get them basically a legal massage parlor and he does all like the accounting and everything for them because he speaks mandarin he is married to one of them and the the marriage it was sort of the ones where it's like obvious that he was trying to get her to be able to immigrate faster but he also campaigned when he was with the people's party on reducing the number of immigrations um through the family reunification program which is one of the most evil things ever because that's literally just like reuniting people with their families and he specifically said he wanted to reduce that, and that's the same program that he's trying to get his wife to emigrate through. What the and he hell, claimed man. to have met her at a Tim Hortons randomly, and she was like struggling to order, and he uh, ordered for her and that's spoke a to her cute. in Mandarin. And then there's all these photos of him with her years before, and she was working in one of the parlors. So. This Very guy funny. sounds like uh, a certain individual who we will not say on the podcast, but whose chronicles I have sent to various group chats I'm in. And let me just tell you, listeners, uh, you don't want to be like this guy. This is an incredibly twisted individual. I well, yeah, really, no, it's just, it's simply a type of guy. Yeah, this is an insanely yeah. bad energy emanating from this man. And it's not to, like, denigrate sex work, which is a entirely legitimate operation but i feel like this guy is kind of like a sex landlord which is he a is. horrible yeah. hor- probably the only bad form of sex work is being a sex landlord i know he's just he's making money off of all these parlors he's also a big problem with it is that a lot of them aren't actually registered massage therapists and he was using one woman that he does the accounting for he was using her license on a number of other businesses so then all of it was coming back to her who was like a legit registered Whoops. massage therapist <laughs> and she was like what the fuck but he also responded when they asked about how he balances his judeo-christian values as he puts it um with all these oh, man. like That's massage parlors he runs and he said you name me one bible passage that said there's any prohibition against massages they don't exist <laughs> he pointed out that there are multiple passages that talk about prostitutes helping jesus and the disciples He's not Which wrong. is not wrong. Yeah. That's kind of cute. But anyway, just the just, fact that massages. he specifically <laughs> campaigned when he was in politics against all of the things that he's now doing. And when he was kicked out of the People's Party, he formed his own little party that like doesn't actually run, but supports other candidates if they agree to his like 12-step program or some shit. Tw- oh, so he's in AA. 12 steps to what? I don't, just being, uh, hating abortion. Being <laughs> 12 steps to pit, pimphood, baby. I that's get, right. That's the thing. Like, this is a classic example of somebody who has gotten what he wants, which in this case is his wife, uh, to get, you know, naturalized citizenship, and then is just throwing the grenade behind him to make sure that other people cannot get that. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's fine for him, but... Uh, fuck you if you want to reconnect with your family, if you've been trying to save the meager money that you're paid in this country to do anything other than being like, I don't know, a pundit or a tour guide in my case. Uh, if you're something other than that, yeah, fuck you. Don't try and bring your family over here. They can fucking eat shit and die. Now and come get your shit tugged at our massage parlor. Yeah, she's not even a citizen yet, which makes it so confusing because he, I would imagine, wants this program to continue. And he also ran on a platform, it says, that included eliminating the carbon tax, restricting trade with China and other countries that don't share Canada's traditional Western values. But he literally (laughs) speaks Mandarin and like all his friends and business partners are Chinese. And then he goes, fuck the Chinese. Like, 
Who are you? Well, that's what he wants to do. He wants to fuck the Chinese. That is true. It it seems like a a standard case of he found the grift and he knew there was money involved, right? Yeah. So he was like, yeah, this has nothing to do with my actual values, but I could definitely play into this. Yeah, just business. I'll play the part. And then also, it distances me from the fact that I own women. I I think what makes this grift particularly sinister is the fact that there are actual people involved. It's not just monetary or property. It's like he is making money off the work of others. Uh, Also, it's really difficult to know how these women are being sourced for the work that they do. And these women could be people that maybe are trying to take advantage of this thing that he's trying to block, which is reconnecting with their family. They might have come over here to try and make some money and send for their family members and to have their essentially, yeah, pimp, sex landlord, not only exploit their labor, but then say, yeah, fuck you. I'm not I'm going to do everything in my power to avoid you from being able to bring your family over. It's just particularly evil. Like that is nightmarish. Yeah. yeah. It and sounds like um it sounds like one of those cases where you know you have like the predator hunter who turns out to be a predator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. He also um it was so interesting when they did ask about his wife because that's like one of the parlors that's run out of his home, which is also where he runs his campaign offices out of. So interesting whole vibe going on in this house but cbc was like okay we we texted um the parlor and your wife answered and like gave us all these like listed prices for sex and he just went no she she just says that and then when you come over (laughs) she tells you she won't actually have sex with you and cbc's Uh, like well why why grilla marketing (laughs) he's like it's just to get you in the door (laughs) that's right and he's like we've never had problems with customers before and it's like this is such That's an so incredible. business model. Wow. No, it's all yeah. code. It's code for something else. When she says, you know, a hundred bucks to get your dick all nice and hard and cummy, uh, that's actually coded. She's going to sell you a blender. It's an it's an Avon scheme. I understand yeah. what's yeah. going on here. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Tupperware party. <laughs> mm. So anyway. But yeah, no, I, it's sort of, a, it's a really genius racket because, you know, you are A, running an illegal prostitution ring uh, using uh, what I imagine to be, uh, like, at, alongside his wife, various, you know, non-citizens. And then you make it harder for this, those women to become citizens. So they are, they continue to be beholden to you. It makes it easier to find uh, new employees yeah, you also speak Mandarin and then turn around and perpetuate racism against Chinese people. So you're not trying to improve their standing in Canada at all. So this is a job. man of contrasts. Yeah, he's yeah. a complex figure. Go, Mister Wauk. Wauk so uh, Wauk is nuanced. You know, I'm sick and tired people of can't. Wauk culture. <laughs> <laughs> people can't write this kind of stuff. I know. So that's my freak of the week. Yeah, uh, that that is a pretty incredible find. Thank you for I sharing. I like that he's been kicked out of the party that's not even really real and has zero <laughs> standards for anybody <laughs> and managed to. I think he got kicked out not even because of this, because of his tax fraud. So wow. that's fair. He, he and Randy Hillier are going to form the greatest political party in our lifetime. I cannot wait. He honestly kind of looks like Randy, and he has oh, pictures no. with Maxime Bernier and everything, so it's in the same squad. Okay, so do you want my second freak of the week? Oh, we get oh my two? God. Yeah, this oh one ties God. in. You're spoiling us. Uh, a, a double-decker. Yeah. yeah, wash this taste out of my mouth. Give me something stronger. Okay. You guys remember the double-down? Yeah, yeah. I once sandwich. walked half an hour uh, to eat a double down, and then had to run that half hour back to school. And I thought I was going to die. How could you run <laughs> after eating a double down? That's because I was twelve. Incredible. Oh my! And you could just do anything. Oh my god! I was not twelve when that sandwich existed. So that is, <laughs> I feel very Jesse, old. you're showing our age. Yeah, I was. I was actually born in 1990. No, 1936. Let's just go oh. for it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, back I then, it was like a double down is when you use two slurs back to back. Okay. So my other freak of the week this week is I don't know if 
for those of you that are on Twitter, so Dean and Jesse, if you've seen this, but um, it's Nick Kuvalis. Yes, which okay, is, this is perfect. Yeah, uh, which has been very funny. So um, he is a political strategist normally. He's considered extremely successful. Because, is he Canadian? Yes, he oh, lives... Yeah. He does a lot of Toronto politics, so he got Rob Ford in office as mayor, and then after that got John Tory in office as mayor twice, and then sort of was in the back burner for a while. We hadn't heard about him for a little bit, but now he's back. He's an advisor to the Doug Ford Premier government now. Uh, Oh, doing really well. Yeah, doing a superb job. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. So the thing that kicked it off this week, um, what made me see this, is that he's been blocking every person that tweets at him, regardless of what you say, which has been very funny to watch him. Even if it's like out and out praise? His mind. Well, no one's praising him. I can can speak to this because my friend who I mentioned earlier actually tweeted at him and asked him if he would like to come on our show. And we not only was she blocked, uh, our Twitter account, which barely exists, was also (laughs) blocked. That's and then awesome. somehow my personal account was also blocked. So I don't know what has happened. I'm assuming he, it's he a block. He dug through the late, late capitalism Twitter. That's great. <laughs> I'm assuming it's just an algorithm, but I was like, I literally did nothing to this man. How no, has this happened to, to me? Do I have, have to check to, to see if he though. blocked me? I'm not I, blocked. I'm a queen. So here we go. <laughs> Basically, the Twitter blocking has been that anyone that says anything to him, he'll write... Another partisan blocked, um, which yeah. as, as opposed to you. I, yeah. And then one person after he had tweeted probably four to five hundred tweets of another partisan blocked. Uh, someone tweeted, what makes you not a partisan? He's literally been quoted as saying that his job is to get conservatives in office and to, like, make liberals cry and stuff like that. And then. Epic. Um, he's like, I never said I wasn't partisan. So normal, normal, like he's been having. <laughs> this feed isn't big enough for the two of us. But there was also so many times where instead of partisan, he would put progressive, which yes. just is so telling that he would just write out progressive blocked. And like, he wouldn't even respond usually to the the tweet of what they were saying. He would look through their follow and following list and would just respond to them being like, you're followed by like Justice Toronto blocked it's like okay yeah, yeah that was a good one you're supposed to be like a semi-public servant i'm sorry i'm okay everybody. okay i'm sorry this is self-care mm-hmm. uh you know like you know you mm. from your like ivory tower of like twitter discourse you can say whatever you want but like this is the guy who is using twitter properly which is to say not engaging with anyone <laughs> That's he's got it figured he's out. He's engaging with everybody. He's responding to every tweet. Well, yeah. No, you engage them to own them, and then you immediately block them and never see them again. Do we know if this guy's, like, a cokehead? Because this seems like a powerful cocaine It, it does. Energy. It really does well, seem... he's up at, like, all hours of the day just tweeting, partisan detected, and then... <laughs> <laughs> he's like the Terminator. All his pictures are of him yachting, and his bio is gone sailing. So, yes, I saw that. I wanted to see, just in general, what's up with this guy. And there is one Toronto Star article about him this week, which is, I think, what kicked off his sort of meltdown blocking spree because there was, like, actual journalists and politicians tweeting at him regarding this article, and he started blocking them all and then had to block just, like, every human being in Ontario as an extension because we all are connected in some way. But it was basically that he is generally an advisor to the Fords. He's, like, a public opinion advisor, so... He collects Doing a bang and, up job and analyzes data on public opinion and then gives it to the Ford government. And it's now never been higher. He also is a um, lobbyist for a number of private companies lobbying mm. the Ford government, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. And doing both of those things at the same time is cool. in which our province ones? is not illegal, but it's certainly very immoral, which is all basically this Toronto Star article is just they asked a bunch of political people like is this normal and they went well it's not illegal but it's not great so he's (laughs) right right lobbying for like uh highway companies that have contracts with the government he was lobbying for like tech companies and everything Uh he was also worked closely with uber uh in toronto so yeah just 
nightmare. Some man. of the best and brightest companies we have. I like the Execute. idea. Like he goes in, he's like, "Okay, Doug. Like I know your numbers are down, but I've been trolling through the data. I've been reading all the feeds, uh, not the progressive ones, of course. I blocked all those." <laughs> uh, and I figured out what you need in order to get your numbers back up. Just uh, be photographed eating a, a delicious Tim Hortons donut. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So that's Nick. So far, not blocked. But if I were to literally interact with him at all, I would be immediately, which would be funny. But <laughs> that's my second freak of the week. And the the segue I have into our issue is that someone tweeted at him like, Oh, it's this guy again. I remember when you ruined Toronto because he got Rob Ford elected, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and he said, ruined? Housing prices are so high in Toronto because oh, everyone boy. wants to live there because it's so <laughs> great. Is that ruined to you, essentially? Which brings me to our next point, yeah. which is housing prices in Canada. Do you mind if I take the lead yeah. on this and then you can just jump in with anything that you have? Do it. Folks, housing prices in Canada... I saw a insane graph uh, the other day showing the median rise of housing prices in the States versus Canada. And we, we are pushing like probably five to six times the increase that they are. Uh, it's blistering. And uh, every, as uh, we're about to get into, uh, everyone seems to know that it's a huge problem and no one seems to care at all. As of now, I'm sure. Yeah, no, like, because they have homes. <laughs> yeah, like, as all of you know, just from being a young person who is alive in this country right now, uh, we're looking at a future, basically, where owning a home and raising a family are sort of conceived of, thought about uh, in the same way that you would think about, like, owning a yacht or, like, doing, like, a year-long year tour of Europe. And that Nick Kuvalis can do it and nobody else. Exactly. Yeah, yeah like, these are that sort of, like, privileges of, of the rich that are, like, nice to dream about. Like, oh, man, could you imagine if one day we could buy a bungalow and then have a kid? But, like, you know, that's just not feasible for working people. Yeah. It, it's turned into a complete luxury. Yeah. So in January, the average price of a home in Canada hit over $620,000, which is an Ooh. increase of 22% since the Ooh. last quarter. The last quarter? The last quarter. Oh, Ooh. my God. Ooh. Yeah. So Toronto and Vancouver area brokers uh, have said that it's starting to feel like a bubble, believe it or not. What? Uh, uh, re regional prices in like big cities like that uh, are rising by as much as as six percent per month. Okay, but Dean, what's so bad about a housing bubble? Like bubbles are pretty <laughs> cool. Housing is pretty cool. Like, you I put know. Them together, it's like, oh, that's sick. Why is? Name me one time a housing bubble has ever had a bad outcome for anyone. A anybody. housing and, bubble is and, just a house that's sort of circular. And yeah, it's like Sandy's house in yeah. SpongeBob. That's yeah. cool. The Bubble Boy was like one of the safest people ever. That's so. yeah. oh, that's it's a great true. film. You get fart yeah. in there. Yeah. yeah. So like this has driven an investment frenzy, not just in the big cities, but in rural areas too, as we'll see. Because like, you know, you'll see some asshole buys a house for like 300K in the winter. And now in the spring, it's worth 400K. So you're going to jump in too. And that, you know, accelerates the, the issue. Un unfortunately, though, there's no economic term for to describe what's happening here when, you know, like bad? this commodities value is artificially inflated and there's no precedent for anything like this happening in a housing market <laughs> before. Uh, so really, it's anyone's guess what's going to go on. I've got another example here. So a four bedroom uh, home uh, in Cape Breton uh, valued at $29,000 in the 90s is now worth $400,000. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Damn. Cool. You say 29000 in the 90s? 29000 in the 90s. $400,000 today. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my parents bought their first house for like 50 grand and i can mm -hmm. tell you for a fact they sold it for like 500 grand yeah i was born in lay wrong generation <laughs> <laughs> yes. well yeah. the good thing is there aren't going to be many after us so they won't have that <laughs> i was born in the last generation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why are we uh, laughing at that? Oh no! Yeah, and like again, like this is <laughs> this isn't 
Toronto. This is in Vancouver. That's Cape Breton. That's the fucking East Coast where no one wants to live. Okay. Not true. Uh, okay. <laughs> East I'll Coast. I would love to be there. Yeah, absolutely. So would I, honestly. According to Cheap Houses Canada, which is my favorite Instagram, the only place you are allowed to live anymore is Pembroke. So you do have to move <laughs> yeah. to Pembroke if you want a house. That does mean you have homeless. to live in Pembroke, but I know, same. So... So, yeah, this is nothing short of, you know, a a fucking disaster. This is the first 10 minutes of, you know, 2012 when everyone's like, oh, it looks like something fucked up's going to happen. And then no one listens. But uh, we do have, oh, I'm going to butcher this name and I apologize. The CBC uh, interviewed this economist named Armin Yalnizian. It's pretty Uh, good. Thank you. I think I did okay. Uh, This quote that I'm about to read you uh, made me punch a hole in my drywall. He uh, talks about how Canada is, quote, poised for some kind of pivot in how we value home ownership. Uh, This is a direct quote. We've been living under the ethos of home ownership as the best thing. The ownership society concept was brought in about 40 years ago. That's led to the view that not being able to buy a home is somehow failing being an adult. But adulting does not require home ownership to oh. be successful. So, <laughs> you see Did that? Did you say part? adulting? It's yeah, we're adulting. Armin oh is my. a lady. Oh, Armin is a lady. I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, that is probably the most infuriating thing I've read in a long time for this show. I Just, like, completely reframe and restructure Like, oh, like, not owning a home, uh, you know, renting forever and not having anything to pass on to uh, any kids that also you won't be able to afford to have. That's success now. That's normal. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Living a, with- a remark- like a demonstrably worse life than your parents, that's success. I think the, it's the- interesting. Sorry, go ahead, Chance. Oh, I was just going to say the the thing is, is like the reason why home ownership is is so valued is because you're investing in something that hopefully gains interest over time and if not it's still a tangible thing. Um whereas like renting your money's just gone, right? Like it's the same thing as when you put your money into like food, like nice food. It's like that's great and all on one hand, but on the other hand, it's not something tangible that you can get out of it. Yeah, that's why so, like, I only eat Soylent and then put the rest into GameStop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting. Uh, that statement really smacks of this, like, 2010s era. You know, like, the motivational books where it's, like, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Mm-hmm. Where it's just looking to put, like, a glossy <laughs> coat on yeah. social anxiety and, like, an inability to connect with one another. But now they're, like, doing that to encourage you to continue this trend towards just like maintaining the status quo where it's like, Oh, don't worry that you can't buy a house. You can always rent or it's like, it's adulting as F if you only, you know, have to work three jobs and, and you're not just working one that's adulting as hell. My dude, it's just like, Oh yeah. Continue to put money into this system that will only widen the gap and make you more miserable. That's actually boss as shit. That's goaded as hell. So please continue to do that. It's, it's interesting. I, I just looked up her and she seems to be a leftist from what I can read on her Twitter and about her. She's like a F- Atkinson fellow on the future of workers and seems to post a lot of leftist media. But I don't understand. Maybe I just need to hear her explain it more or what her solution is. But I, She's an I op. don't understand why that would be the like... I, I think she's just trying to be a realist or something and say, like, there isn't going to be... She says here in the article there's not going to be enough houses to buy affordably, so we just need to shift our idea of success. But, like, I don't want to do that, first of all. Yeah, and, like, of course, like, there is an argument, to the you know, a very prescient argument that I imagine we all agree with, that the idea of owning a home in general and not, you know, uh, having public housing for everyone, you know, there are that's good and we like to see that but that is not what this statement here smacks of to me yeah actually okay that's true because and i think it it made it seem more like oh just ignore it you're fine because they also have a quote from the 
like a fine oh the minister of families children and social development and the federal government saying almost the exact same thing and it's like oh my god please like you're a minister please yeah. fix the problem Th- this could just be crooked media uh spinning and otherwise uh morally righteous take or of course miss yell nizian uh will burn in hell forever one of the two okay but you know, yeah I think it's one of those things where it's like I think Megan might be right in that she's trying to be a realist, but until we get some solutions to that, like I would understand more so an argument saying for everyone to be able to own a house is like an impossible task in the future uh, if things keep escalating the way they are. And so we should change the model of renting so that it becomes like rent to own. So like you can own your apartment type of deal. Or, or something like that. Yeah, like... But instead, it's just, like, a quick snippet, and, and you get you get nothing other than, like, yeah, you're just going to be wasting your money your whole entire life, and you're going to get nothing back from it. And it could totally be what she means. Like, maybe we just need a new model, which, I, yeah, as Dean's saying, we all do agree with in general. And I think it's even... There's a difference here of how she frames it by just saying, like, this is the reality. Maybe we need some new way forward. They should have put that in the article. But the families in children minister just said the majority of families in canada can still own a home so yes, go away. yeah so i, <laughs> I don't uh, think that's true yeah, well that, uh, yeah, I, I was gonna say like citation we, needed <laughs> uh yeah what what is uh what are the pinocchio rankings on that i have no idea i, w- I would imagine the majority is just the people that already own a home yeah not well, people buying homes. D- define majority, sir, because like a lot of children don't have any money. He he actually says here it's still in reach for many, and in the majority parts of the country, which okay, what? the majority. I think parts he means of the land country, mass. Explain like yeah. land. Yeah, and for like sure. oh, you could buy a house in none of it. Yeah. Oh uh, but yeah, so this uh, federal minister Ahmed Houston. Uh, like said exactly that he's the minister of families children and social development uh and he says yeah most canadians can buy a home no problem and it's also fine to live in a rental unit that's okay as well there's nothing wrong with that that's another direct quote destigmatize rental unit exactly insane destigmatize shoveling dirt into your mouth just eating dirt uh while your parents uh feast on foie gras that's normal that's fine don't think about it please stop thinking about it normalize landlords i can't believe he just said it's fine to live in a rental unit like you do it sir oh my god yeah, so there have been uh, numerous like NGOs, like watchdog organizations that have called for uh, both banks and the government to step in to limit the amount of money that people can make on flipping homes in order to drive down prices uh, and get people yeah, to, to stop buying homes that they won't be living in. The government, I think it was uh, the, this minister, Houston himself, when asked, like, oh, are you going to step into the ho- with the housing market with how things are looking, uh, said, uh, no, we have no intentions of doing anything of the sort. And uh, the Bank of Canada Governor uh, Tiff Macklem, which is a fantastic wow. name, yeah. uh, acknowledged that, quote, there are some signs of excessive exuberance in the housing market, uh, but I will not be raising uh, interest rates because the, the economy is too fragile right now uh, because of COVID. But awesome. once COVID's over, I will also not be doing that. <laughs> yeah. Because Just we have a good economy. That's because right. they also haven't done it since the 90s, I think, it says in this article, too. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. We're, we're in a growing economy. If you want to buy a home, may I recommend... Waiting I, for your parents to die. Taking yeah. Taking their money. Taking their home. That's essentially how it is now. We've returned to the feudalist society where all that you can have property-wise is what you inherit from your closest kin. And also like the feudalist society, they'll probably die of some uh, horrible pandemic that the oafish Habsburgian people in charge of these regions just cannot seem to figure out how to control. Yeah, I um I was actually reading some tweets that were talking about how they think that like purchasing a home from wages is going to be impossible soon. It'll just have to be like capital gains or inheritance essentially or just like yeah. gifts from your parents because there's going to be no way that the house like already it's so wildly impossible to get one just with wages, but 
it's going to become even more difficult. I actually have two really fun and quirky examples of some houses you can buy in Canada if anyone is is interested. Please? Yes. Is it a shipping container? Um, Worse. Is it a coffin? So much worse than a shipping container. Okay, so Vancouver. Guess what the cheapest price of a home in Vancouver is right now. Uh, $975,000. No, lower. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. $1. $1, <laughs> $1 <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go $2. Okay, and slightly higher than $2. It's $289,000. But do you want to know what you get for $289,000? Um, is it like a trailer? It is. No, no. Not, it's a it's not even that good. It's, is it it's like this, a shed? I'm showing Dita a picture. It's, it's a, a driveway. It's a of dirt. It's, it it's, a, it's, it's a driveway in it's oh, beside a house. A plot. It, like it uncultivated looks, land? It's it's as no, wide as an SUV. The driveway of the house beside it, I'm not joking. It's probably smaller than a driveway, to be honest. And the sign on it says, build a tiny house, uh, um, which is really cool. <laughs> we um, are going back to feudalism. This is yeah. awesome. It's nine feet wide. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna live like one of those hermits in a grotto. Wait, on nine bil- feet wide? <laughs> yes, it's nine feet by like 50 feet or something. Like it's smaller than a driveway. But um, Megan, um, the cool thing about that is you can go as deep as you want. So if I want to build a giant cave, <laughs> no, you have to no, you sub, can only go fifty feet rights. deep. Yeah, subsoil rights. Yeah, that all belongs to the oil company. <laughs> no, the BC assessment company or whatever the people who do zoning uh, said it was actually worth more like four thousand nine hundred dollars, which is still an insane amount of money for the driveway of another house. But uh, they said it's possibly unlikely that you can even build a house on it. And they've had <laughs> four times the normal amount of offers on this property as they have on a regular house. Wow. Because they said many couples find it cool. So, oh, uh, yeah. Again, it, it, it's, it's cool. It's exciting. You're, you're uh, you know, living a, a based uh, boss ass life. Uh, if you build a shanty house <laughs> on, in someone's driveway, that's actually hustle <laughs> culture and, and not the sign of a truly broken economic system. Uh, Megan, I have a local anecdote. I'm not sure if you're going to touch on this, but I remember seeing an article, I think in the Whig Standard, if not the Kinks, and it's one of the local papers about this Australian man who paid $700,000 for what he thought was a full house. And then it was like one of those like half units where it's like, <laughs> oh, he, he paid $700,000 uh, for a full house, but he just got a box set of DVDs. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, he got the box set of house. <laughs> And he was like, oh, well, I assumed when I paid $700,000, I would get the entire property and not just half of it. But, that oh, is well, funny. Yeah. I'm here now. And that's, that's in Kingston. Insane. That's in Kingston. So I also have a list from BlogTO of the 10 cheapest properties in Toronto right now, which the cheapest one, I'll let you know before you even start, is $600,000. Okay. The that's literal awesome. cheapest house you can buy in the city of Toronto right now. Um, but the 10th cheapest one is $729,000 and is not in livable condition. <laughs> oh, okay. Fix it up. There is a, another one on here as well that's an abandoned mop factory that is... It's definitely uh, haunted. It was $850,000. It's now down to $700,000, and it's also not livable. So Okay. Awesome. You think people are going to just start taking up, like abandoned warehouses and stuff like that i bet the place is really clean though yeah <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> so you know there are some options for us if you want to live in toronto and vancouver you okay. could possibly pitch so a tent i would uh you <laughs> no, know you're not i allowed to make a tent they will kill you <laughs> i i hate to do this on, on our pod we've always said that we wouldn't uh beg and plead for money but in order to make an LLCS HQ, we are going to need donations up to uh, $600,000 so we can buy a mop factory uh, and run this podcast out of it. That's right. Uh, we will do our... ASMR where we were we Ooh. are going to uh, rub mop heads on the mics. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to tell you that you're all uh, dirty, dirty little boys and you I'm must get rub clean. My feet on yeah, the we'll mic. just do porn. Yeah. It's like I've been paying our intern with just signed headshots of myself. And <laughs> that needs to yeah. come to an end. You, yeah, you, you just send one a day and like you're yeah. sort of you're driving down the value of them a little bit. 
Yeah, I, I assume it's like Bitcoin. I don't really know how Bitcoin works either, but it's probably less disastrous for the planet for me to just keep printing know. off these headshots. Yeah, money. I know, just man. Like, they're smoking hot. Hey, oh, uh, this is a nightmare. Like, <laughs> I think. You know, I would be surprised uh, if this driving up of the housing market just happened to correspond with uh, Canada, which is the fastest growing country in the world for wealth inequality. It seems like these two, I don't know, maybe they're related. Who knows? I don't think so. Maybe the invisible maybe. hand of the market is, it, it, you know, you can't really control it. Who's to say? The, the hand knows best. So. The black hand of the market. Ooh. We also have a lot of just, and I googled, like, why is it so expensive? And we have a lot of um, foreign investment in property. In oh, Canada. yeah. There, there's tons and tons of, like, massive condos in Toronto owned by, like, Russian oligarchs yeah, who have never set foot empty. in the country. Yeah. yeah. That's um, and they've put a 15% foreigner's tax on houses in Toronto, but that's just Toronto. So it's not super... Fixing yeah, the entire and the problem. band Foreigner hasn't played in like twenty years. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work at all. So I don't You're know what get they're any talking money from about that. here. You got to add the Triumph tax. At least they're still touring. Mm, hell yeah. Yeah, and and some of the defenses of it, like from the Financial Post, was just like, well, you know, we have people really want to live in cities here, whereas in America they want to spread out. But they actually found that that wasn't even what? the case. Like we have <laughs> this yeah. proportion of people. And not only that, like if, if the last year has shown us anything, it's like a lot of people are moving out of Toronto. Rent prices are going down or stagnant there. Uh, everyone's moving out of the big cities, uh, thinking that they can just continue working from home uh, post COVID and driving up housing prices again across the nation. This isn't we're citing Vancouver, Toronto a lot, but this is everywhere. But wait, Dean, Nick said that. The prices are so high because everyone wants to live there. Yeah, it's because we're cute. That's why. It's because uh, they had one mayor that smoked crack, and now they have the premier who lives in Toronto, who, uh, yeah. Allegedly smoked also, crack. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. is definitely smoking hot right now. He is the GQ playboy of the month for his strong leadership. He's Canada's Andrew Cuomo in many ways. <laughs> In, in in that he's fucked up majorly and will face no repercussions? Uh, yeah, and probably also the sex stuff. Oh, yeah. Allegedly. I also, when I was finding these articles, there was another one that I was debating bringing up that was um, some CBC reporter interviewed Fauci and was like, what do you think of Canada? Because that's what they ask all the time is they just want Americans' opinions on us. And he just went, oh, it's it's no one's fault. The virus is just difficult <laughs> no no one is to blame here that's so right cool thank you <laughs> yeah i hate fucking dr fauci am i wrong that dr fauci like had a hand in the aids epidemic oh yeah what? No, he, so here's the thing he was in the position he's in now like he's served under multiple presidents and most of these major health crises I, like, I just want to say yeah, i i'm no pretty required. sure i'm pretty sure fauci wasn't in control in the position that he's in now uh under Reagan. No, but he was like a major advisor. Like he has advised presidents, even if he wasn't in this exact position, like he has served as like counsel since How like the nineteen eighties. Damn. He's well he's like a 60 lich. Something. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, he was in a position where he could have even if he had recommended, like, oh, you should step in, he didn't really advocate for it beyond just saying, Oh, this could probably use a bit of help. Because he likes to famously keep like this sense of political neutrality, which essentially means that uh, if someone says no to his public health advice, he's just going to be like, oh, OK, and he will not do anything about it. Like, I fucking hate this little. Yeah. Like, well, if you do that, that just... means that you don't get fired by the next guy. Yeah. So it was uh, 1981. There's a famous image uh, with a bunch of people holding up signs with Reagan's face. And holding signs that say, Dr. Fauci, you are killing us. Yeah. Wow, no shit. It was him, too. Yeah, there's an article in the New Republic, I think, talking about his his legacy and how like he's just like this political operator more than he is a public health officer. And he exists just to keep into this position of power. And although he's not yeah. like an idiot, like he knows what he's doing, they made it clear that he will play politics 
over the you know public interest and public good. Dude, has this that like guy practiced medicine in like one billion years? This is insane. Anyway, I don't know. There's pictures of him in black and white when he was uh, getting his MD. So yeah, being a political scientist too is is really it's a genius gambit because any uh, you know policy that you recommend or any anything that you say could be like oh just the facts man like i'm uh, i'm using uh, logic and reason and i'm following the science well pushing your own agenda your agenda being keeping your fucking job and that's the thing yeah. like that's the only agenda to, he's ever had <laughs> i didn't mean to get fauci uh, uh, us off track with fauci here no uh, now fauci off i brought him up yeah dean do you have anything more on housing no, no, I just say uh, we're all fucked. If you can, if you're able to, uh, I'd recommend uh, running screaming from this country and uh, moving somewhere, you know, nice and stable like the States or something. Uh, there's there's Dean advocating something problematic again. This time, colonialism. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> stay in, stay, we deserve this fucking country. Don't move from here. I'm sorry. We, we are in this together. We Do we will... deserve it? Yes. Uh, we should maybe leave. It's not no. our land. It, well, that is true. And the only way I'll allow someone to leave this country is if it's under the auspice that everybody who does not have legitimate claim to the land uh, leaves with it. That'd be pretty sick. That'd be cool. Banished to England. Oh, God. <laughs> a fate For worse than we death. Uh, no, I'll be I'm going to jump off the ship on the way there. Oh, yeah, Jess, you get to go to Wales. That's so fun. Um, yeah, that's cool. Good for you, I'm man. I'm going Wait, to God's did, unspoiled par- paradise. Can, can we just go to where, like, see, I'm, like, mostly German. Can I hang out in Germany? Uh, Is that allowed? No, you can I would be. I would do it in Poland. I would be a great... No, 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 no. Don't send me to Poland. You'd be the smartest man in Poland. <laughs> it's true. I would become God King in, like, a week. We'll just... I'll just stay here, guys. Yeah, yeah. you're fine. Yeah, yeah chance, you get to yeah, pick where we go. Yeah, Chance, you can have, have my, my magic house. cards. Yeah. I'm going to get the best real estate in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> the Mop Factory. That's right. The Mop Factory. All right. I think that is it for today. It was really great talking to you guys today. Yeah. yeah. No, this is a Thank blast. you for bringing all that up, Megan. And we'll catch you guys next week. Same time, same place. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. See you then. Bye-bye. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.